Welcome back to Rob Gill's Epic Financial Strategies Podcast. If you like what you're hearing and want to learn how to take action on your financial future, click the link in our bio to speak to us directly. To learn more about how you can achieve financial freedom, subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow Rob Gill all over social media. Financial freedom awaits. here in Provo, Utah, second home to Epic, Chris Crone's event. I, let me tell you something. The peak performance that he shares to everyone in the audience and the action steps on how to go to the next step is incredible. So whenever we're out here, it's always like another adjustment for us to, to go a little bit higher on the, the base camp on the mountain. And we are having a blast. I'm here with my partner, Eddie Gardner. How's it going, Rob? How you doing, man? I'm doing awesome, man. What do you think about where we're at, brother? God, what I love about it out here is just the entrepreneurial spirit. I feel like the energy here is different than any other place I've ever been. And we we love coming here, obviously. When you're out in Utah, there's no, we leave work at 5 o'clock, happy hour. This doesn't exist. And there's really no keeping up with the Joneses. These people out here are grinding and they're bringing every day and their wives are the CEO to make sure that their man goes to work and you know they are just bringing a level of intelligence Shh, it's the best kept secret I wish all you guys and gals back home knew about it because when you come out here the game changes and just wanted to share that message with you. Yeah. I was thinking about that last night with the driver, who was awesome. Yes, yeah, and another entrepreneur, right? The driver owns the company, and it's just such a great environment out here. So, Rob, let's get into it. So, some of the questions that people have been asking, right, around financial advisement, how much money do your professionals make off of you, right? Like, what does a financial advisor make off of you? You know, that's a great question, and I'm going to get into a lot of different things tied to that, but always remember that when somebody asks a question in general terms, it's not like they're not allowed to make money, right? The question is, what are they charging? What's the scope of the relationship, especially if you're a fiduciary, which I'm not? And what does that mean on a yearly basis? Let's say, for example, if you're managing money, um, and if you, the management fee and the advisor fee, if it's at 1% a year, which is kind of industry norm, I would say, yeah. unless the account goes from 1 million to 5 million to 10 million, that's 1% a year. So, so if an account's worth a million, they're, they're making 10,000 a year. If the account's worth 2 million, you know, it goes up, even though the, the, the fee goes down as far as the interest, right? right. So 1%, it could be 0.85, but that number goes up. And a lot of times what a fiduciary is gonna do it yeah. is they'll say, yeah, we only make 1%, but those other products you know, pay a lot more commission. And then what I say is, well, okay, great. Are you managing someone's IRA? Yeah. What are you charging on 1%? Great. Are you taking out the fact that that's gonna get taxed one day? For example, if somebody's IRA is worth a million, but we all know after taxes it's worth 700,000, are you charging them 1% on the 700 or on the million? Because remember, the government's still got to get their piece. So that stuff comes to mind. Yeah, it's, it's a distinction. And those are things that people don't even think about, right? One of the things that I often hear when, when talking to people is like, oh, yeah, I don't pay fees in my 401k. And I'm like, wait, 
what do you mean you don't pay don't fees? Tell, you know, because there's fees inside of that 401k. You may not see them. You may not be paying that bill directly, but you are getting charged, and that's coming out of the balance. You know, when you're putting money into these accounts, you don't see it because the account value continues to grow unless you're in a environment like we are today where now nobody wants to open their 401k statements or their IRA statements. I think the question you really need to start asking yourself is if you're wondering how much people are making off of you, really you want to determine are they bringing the value mm. to you that you really deserve. Yeah, great. You know, that's, that's phenomenal, by the way. When we talk about the fees inside of 401k or the hidden fees, you know, to Ed's point, I think a lot of people start looking at it when the account goes down, right? Or if they get another advisor and the other advisor as a weapon says, oh my God, these fees are atrocious. <laughs> not to say that they're not because some, they really are egregious if they're, if they're old school like 401ks like that. And the question really becomes, what is the agreement based on the scope of work with your advisor? What are they bringing to the table? Are they just gonna diversify the portfolio? Are they coordinating other professionals in your world? Are they bringing more information? Are they answering the phone at eight, nine, 10 o'clock at night? All that stuff factors in, all that means something when it comes to the overall relationship. And it's important to know that if you take a general situation but apply it to a specific, then you gotta do the other side of that as well. So whenever you're sitting down with any kind of planner, even your accountant and seeing what they're charging, or an estate attorney, you wanna make sure, or, or for a trust, right? These are all, you know, negotiated prices, I would assume, yeah. for a trust. And, you know, I've seen different prices from different people, but at the end of the day, what is the conversation piece? Is it agreed upon, not only in writing, is it agreed upon, uh, you know, as you sit down and get to know each other, and most importantly, are these good folks, and they are good, they're working hard, talking to you about the behavior and the outcome and the expectation when the market goes down. Right now, you know, I don't even know if they've admitted it yet, but we are in a recession, there's no doubt about it. Interest rates, as I do this video, have climbed and, in my opinion, will continue to climb. You know, these are things that should be brought up when, when people on, on TikTok and and uh, AMC or GameStop is running, yeah. and all of a sudden they want to take all their money out and buy that because of a rational you know, behavior when it comes to money. But to Ed's point, get educated and have a clear conversation yeah. and make sure that the right hand speaks to the left hand. You know, one of the things I'm thinking about as we're <coughs> talking about this is, is the accountant side, right? The accountant may charge you whatever that fee is to file 1040, maybe you have a Schedule C because you own your own business, mm. but what are some of the things that you're doing to prepare for the future? Is your accountant working with you to help you really understand what taxes are coming Right? And, and are there things that you can do to better position yourself to save money on taxes? We yeah. know today that if nothing changes. Nothing changes. Um, well, yes. If nothing changes, nothing changes. But if, if Congress does nothing, they don't get on the same page, we know that starting January 1st of 2026, tax rates, which feel really bad right now, are going back to where they were pre-tax reform, right? So now, now all the income tax brackets are going to be moving up. Yeah. Are you doing the things that you should be doing to prepare for that? Yeah. And what other things could you be doing to make sure that you're in proper alignment? Yeah, and, and, and I think to your point, Ed, and I'd love to hear if there's anything you want to suggest, but I think that with an accountant, it, they're good people too. If you have a traditional account that's gonna get you a write-off today, I would say make sure that that accountant tells you that you're gonna pay taxes later. And not say to you, you're gonna pay taxes later, don't worry about it, you're gonna be in the lowest tax bracket because 
I can tell you every single person I've met that's 60, 65, 70, whenever they come in and they have a million dollar, $2 million, $3 million IRA 401k, they really thought they were going to be in the lowest tax bracket. They didn't realize that upon distribution, it's going to, you know, you have your Social Security tax, this adds it up, and it's not a 10%, right? Unless you're taking out $10,000 a year. If you're taking out $10,000 a year and that's your sole income, well, you know, life is it's, it's going to be a tough, things are going to be tough at that point, right? So I say make sure that you get an accountant that is definitely progressive in their thinking, that understands not only the write-off today, but also what it looks like in the future. And that person you pay, may pay more money for, but I got, I'll got i tell you this right now, they will put you in a better position provided they check all the boxes. Yeah. And I think that you know whenever you have business owners or um, you know people that, that want to get write-offs in a traditional IRA 401k, solo 401k, it's always important to understand that, okay, what else can we do to offset that tax later on with other products? Yeah. Yeah, I think one of the things that you always talk about is being diversified in and amongst asset classes, right? And I'm imagining that most people watching this channel aren't just saving in one place, right? Because they're probably entrepreneurial, they're looking for other things to do. But if you're that person that is just saving your money into a retirement plan, right? You're starting off young, you're putting all your money into that retirement plan, you're hoping at one point you'll be able to retire. But imagine if you were invested in a 401k, and let's say you brought that up over your lifetime to a million dollars, and today you were gonna sit and go and retire. That million dollars from January 1 to today is about 750,000. And on top of that, you probably have to take out living expenses. So let's say you took another 100,000 out of that account. You've now taken your million dollar account to get down, it's now down to 650,000. And the real question you gotta ask yourself is how can you sustain that portfolio long-term? Because the amount of return that you would need to get from 650 back to a million, that's not really likely to happen because you're going to every year continue to draw on that account. So one of the things you need to think of is when you're making those decisions based on tax code or things that are going on, or you wanna get a savings or whatever you've been told, Think about diversifying so that you can work that tax code, so that you can be set up to play in any kind of market, whether a market's up or down, that you have assets that are uncorrelated. Beautifully well said. And you know, at this point in the video, somebody's gonna put a comment that's gonna say, especially if I chop it up, oh, this is the part where they're gonna talk about life insurance, <laughs> and you're damn straight we are. But remember, at the end of the day, when we talk about life insurance, it's not to replace anything, it's to put it into the overall financial mosaic. So, okay, so, so Rob, or Ed, I should yeah. say, isn't life insurance the highest commission product that's out there? I mean, it could be the highest commission in year one, but if you own life insurance for your entire life, maybe that's a 30, 40 year span, Rob, you probably know the math better on that than I do, but I think about somebody earning 1% for 40 years on a retirement plan versus the commission paid out in a life insurance contract. It's not even close. It isn't. It's like uh, a million to like, uh, you know, $80,000 or $100,000 over that time frame. So at the end of the day, when it comes to life insurance, yes, year one does have a higher commission. One of the things not to apologize for the commission, because I think if you do anything for the long term and if you look side by side with a traditional policy versus the ones that we really you know, craft now today, but just going side by side from a traditional to an IRA 401k, including distributions and you take a 40 year clock on it, you'll see that it seems a little bit safer on the insurance side than it does 
inside the market because of all the different irrational things that happen. With that, though, one of the things that we love doing is to overfund policies because we want to make sure folks that are entrepreneur in nature, business owners in nature, they have access to money that they could really touch, especially when the market's down 30, 40, 50%, and be able to use that for their business and or use that for other investments where they're going to now kind of you know create their own uh, multiple rates of return. You may hear people say, become your own bank. No one's becoming a bank. What they're saying is, at least what we're saying, and I'm yeah. that, is where the characteristics of a life insurance policy, if overfunded and leveraged, is no different than when people have money at a bank in a savings account. The bank loans your money out over and over again. They make 40 cents on every dollar that you do. It's called fractional reserve lending and or the velocity of money multiplier. I think you could do that on some level with your overfunded cash value life insurance plan. And I think that at the end of the day, if there is a fee commission conversation, and we're gonna talk about six months versus 10, 20, 30 years, it's not even close, the commission on the insurance is much cheaper than everything else that we just talked about. And by the way, just to the last point of that commission conversation, when people are overfunding a life insurance contract, that's not the same as putting all that money into a policy that's not overfunded. Yeah, by the way, they could click a link and have a sit down with one of the guys and gals that could get a clearer conversation on that. But Ed, what about when people talk about in the same you know, system of, of confusion and weaponizing fees and commissions when they talk about an annuity, yep. um, I think that at the end of the day, you know, you'll have some financial fiduciary genius tell you that every annuity is a waste. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Because once again, it's an insurance product that pays a different commission. Yep. Can you speak on that a little bit? So I, I think the annuity conversation is much more in depth than just, hey, all annuities are bad and they're not good for anybody. No different than people saying all life insurance is bad and not good for anybody, right? Like just by term, that, that's probably part of the conversation, but not the whole conversation, right? So with annuities, specifically, uh, there are annuities that don't charge a fee. I know that's probably nothing that you've heard before, but there are annuities out there that you can have downside protection or guaranteed income. Uh, you can have upside positive growth potential and not incur a fee at all, which is different than the annuities that are demonized because there are bad annuities out there that have high fees, that have potential for losses and all those sorts of things. So you really got to take it and narrow it down to, is it right for you? And what are the specific objectives that you're looking to, uh, to, to have happen for yourself? Yeah, so at the end of the day, no fee does not mean no risk. Let me say that again, no fee does not mean no risk. It really comes down to your understanding overall. And by the way, if you have a nine to five, how can you understand all this? Which is why, you know, we talk about the Epic Wealth Builder often, being able to have all your financial professionals on the same page for the benefit of how you think, your goals and objectives, what your philosophy is, is so, so important. So go ahead, click that link below. We'd love to sit down, have a conversation with you about not only where you are, show you where you are, and then you tell us where you wanna go. We'd love to show you how to get there. Thank you for being a subscriber. Continue to like and check out the next video. That's it for today with Rob Gill and the Epic Financial Strategies Podcast. Be sure to hop to iTunes or Spotify to subscribe and tune into all the podcasts. Also, be sure to follow the Rob Gill YouTube channel and Rob Gill social media channels. We'll see you on the next podcast.